Mindy Diamond, and this is a special episode of our podcast series for financial advisors. I'm recording today at the end of what I'm pretty sure is week four of our nationwide stay-at-home initiative. I have to admit, I've sort of lost track of the days. Nonetheless, I wanted to share with you some information and perspective that I wrote for a piece published in Investment News this week, April 15th, it was published. And it's a piece called 10 Predictions for Financial Advisors in the Post-Crisis World. And while plenty have been written, including stuff I've written about this health and financial crisis, what I want to talk about today is something a little more positive about what we think the world will look like post-crisis, some predictions for it and some hopeful and positive outcomes. So let me give you a little perspective to start. As I think most of you know, I've spent the better part of the last two decades, actually it's almost 23 years, studying and immersed in the wealth management space. And it's felt to me for a long time like we are really at a universal inflection point. And what I mean by that is that the industry was already in a state of evolution. A tremendous evolution was underway. One that I think began during the financial crisis of 08 and has really been progressing ever since. And that evolution has been fueled largely by five things. So one, and probably first and foremost, was a change in client mindset. And the change in client mindset actually fueled or caused them to demand change in mindset for their advisors. And that mindset, one from clients really demanding that their advisors be served more as fiduciaries, had nothing to do with whether an advisor was actually held to a fiduciary standard or a suitability standard, but more just the notion that a client wanted to be certain that their advisor was always acting in their best interest. And the more news of the, whether it be the DOL rule or the fiduciary standard became mainstream, and the more advisors that have gone independent and touted the notion of being a true fiduciary as a benefit of independence, the more clients demanded it of their advisors as well. And that has really fueled a shift in advisor mindset where advisors have become much more focused on being true fiduciaries, on separating product manufacturing and advice and safe asset custody from each other, being more focused on that and worrying less about short-term financial gain. Secondly, we've seen a tremendous amount of inertia being overcome on the part of advisors, where advisors in the last 10 years have really been emboldened to seek greener pastures. And the driving force of that is one, more frustration they may be feeling, an acknowledgement, a willingness to allow themselves to acknowledge the imperfections of the status quo, as well as a pull toward something better. And the opportunity set has really grown in the last number of years for advisors. The waterfall of possibilities and the landscape of the industry has expanded so that before where an advisor considering change, really, it was a binary choice. I either stay put or I go to another firm just like mine where the needle may not move a whole lot. Or today, an expanded set of opportunities, quasi-independent, boutique, full-on independent, independent broker-dealer, RIA, fee-only RIA, RIA hybrid, etc. Thirdly, the independent space has become much more mainstream. 
We're watching an ever-increasing number of success stories, advisors moving successfully and sharing proudly how they have ported, you know, 90 to 100% of their book day one and doubled and tripled production. And we've highlighted actually many of those stories in this podcast itself. Fourthly, it's the ongoing attempts of the big brokerage firms to tighten the reins or to bind their advisors further to the firm. And while that attempt certainly has made some advisors want to sign on more to retiring advisor program or retire in place programs, as we call them, one of the unintended consequences was that those Attempts to tie advisors down via those retiring advisor programs has really served to have the opposite effect. It has emboldened advisors to say, I'll show you. You can't tell me how to do things. I want to be able to make my own decisions. And that combined with an ever-increasing hypervigilant compliance culture and a more bureaucratic culture have really made many advisors feel more frustrated by the status quo. And number five, finally, is advisors have become much less reliant on big brand names and much more confident in their own client relationships and their own abilities to succeed. And actually, I wrote a piece last week for Wealth Management Magazine where I talked about one of the benefits, one of the things we're hearing from advisors across the board, no matter where they practice, whether the employee or independent, is really using this crisis as a way to deepen relationships, having more and more meaningful, deep relationships and conversations with clients. So it emboldens advisors even more to trust in portability. But the other thing is that this crisis has really given advisors a new lens or an additional lens through which to view or assess their firms. And it's the lens of crisis. So advisors are really asking themselves questions that they may not have asked before or asking more deeply now. Has my firm been a good partner? Have they allowed me to communicate freely, creatively, and openly with my clients? Have they given me the support I need to enable my staff and me to work as efficiently as possible in a remote setting? Are they providing me with the leadership and the right tools and research and inspiration and confidence to help me and my clients navigate this crisis and into the future? So with that in mind as the backdrop, I wrote this piece that talked about 10 predictions, if you will, for the wealth management space in a post-COVID-19 world. So I'll walk you through them. Number one is similar to Newton's law of motion, a body in motion will stay in motion. I think this applies to advisors. For advisors that were already in exploration mode, we have found that not a one of them truly has suspended interest or desire in moving. So if they were far enough along in the process and sort of the closer they were to being convinced that it was time to move, the more likely they are to do so. The only thing that's been fluid is the when they move. Many of the move dates have changed as a result of advisors wanting to make sure they're making the move at the right time, which makes sense. With that said, there are plenty of advisors that might have been toying with the idea of exploring or making a move prior to this crisis who will absolutely use this as an opportunity to say, my firm was a good partner, it's more than good enough, and I'm going to stay right where I am. Secondly, all wealth management firms are every bit as hungry, if not hungrier now, 
to pick up recruiting right where they left off. There is no reason to believe that deals will change. There is no reason to believe that the appetite to recruit quality advisors will be any less or any different than it was beforehand. In fact, in a lot of ways, it will be more so. Deals, transition deals, will serve as a driver of movement. So while, as I mentioned, the change in advisor mindset has really made it so that deals, transition packages, are not necessarily the primary focus and shouldn't be the primary driver for a move, still, there will be plenty of advisors whose books will have taken a hit or certainly whose bank accounts may have taken a hit who may look for a wealth replacement strategy to monetize their losses. And it's that and the fact that as time goes by, they're trailing 12s, which a deal is based on, they're trailing 12-month revenue which upon which a deal is based will take a hit. And so the notion that many advisors may want to move sooner rather than later will also be true. One thing we definitely expect is a wave of accelerated or earlier than expected retirements. As I mentioned, the big firms have been looking for ways for years to tie advisors up more, especially the most productive and senior most advisors. And one of the best tools for doing so is the retire in place programs. And we believe that just in talking to a lot of senior folks that this crisis may well be the last one they want to encounter in their careers. And this may create sort of a new wave of folks that say, this is it. It's just the path of least resistance is to stay put, to retire from my firm, to do it sooner than I may have thought. And I'm out of here when this is over or as soon as possible. Number five is we expect an increase in teaming meaning a lot of solo advisors may have found this crisis a difficult way to go it alone, to not have the support, the emotional and team support of partners. And so we expect that to increase as well. We think that, as I mentioned, this crisis will continue to embolden the best advisors, that Many of them have told us that this experience, this crisis has really helped them to shore up relationships with their clients and building trust in ways like never before. And what that translates to is more confidence in portability. I mention that because one of the questions on any advisor's mind, any advisors who's considering making a move that's on their mind is the notion of client portability. You know, what happens if certain clients don't follow me? But I think this crisis has really given every advisor an opportunity to over-communicate with clients and hence deepening relationship and hence hopefully taking away some of that concern. Number seven is while I mentioned that we do believe that deals, the transition packages offered, recruiting deals offered by major firms or traditional firms to incent movement will drive movement. We equally believe that on the other end of the spectrum, there will be an acceleration toward independence because one of the things that absolutely gets highlighted in a crisis like this is the need or desire to communicate efficiently, effectively, creatively, and often. And there is no better way to be able to deploy multiple modes of communication, whether that be video, webinar, podcast, social media, emails, and then some as an independent, things that a wirehouse advisor may not be able to do. We've had wirehouse advisors tell us they've only been able to write two messages, two emails to their clients because it took literally time, weeks for their compliance department to approve. And the speed to market from 
idea generation to execution on the part of an independent advisor is markedly different. Number eight, we believe that more advisors will opt to work remotely. The one thing many of us will say, me included, is I have been no less productive sitting here working every day throughout the last month at my kitchen table than I am in my office. In fact, in some ways, I'm probably more productive because I'm probably less interrupted. And many more advisors, we believe, will opt to do so. Number nine is we think that creativity and ingenuity will continue to thrive, that advisors through this crisis have really been forced to act and think creatively, to on a dime figure out how to get their teams supported and how to support their clients. I mean, the bottom line is, is there's been no playbook for this crisis and everyone from the medical community to financial advisors are trying to figure it out as they go along. And we believe that advisors will be inspired by the new ways that they've chosen or found to leverage technology and use their own voices to communicate long beyond the crisis. And finally, we think that advisors will look for more ways to add greater value. And I love this one because I've always operated under the belief or from the paradigm that For me, I work not because I'm looking to make money, but because I'm looking to add value. And I make money as an ancillary benefit of adding value. And I think advisors are learning through this that the conversations they have with clients now are not about how much money can I generate as a result of serving this client, but much more about where and how can I add value? How can I make myself of value to them? I think that the crisis has really brought that to light. And I've been incredibly inspired throughout it and talking with advisors, the stories they're sharing with me about how they're adding value for their clients, whether it be helping them navigate the government stimulus programs to just being there to comfort their fears and frustrations, or even participating in lighter conversations around how's your family and what are some good Netflix suggestions. So we expect that shift in advisors really focusing more on value add to continue over time. That's my 10 predictions. It is my strong belief in general that it is the most challenging of times when we all really step up to the plate and have the greatest opportunity to grow. I believe beyond anything that we will emerge from this crisis, and we will, this too shall pass. We will emerge better for it. We will have learned new ways to do things. We will have become hopefully more thoughtful, more mindful, and more present. And most importantly, may we all emerge healthy and safe. I thank you for listening. And I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com, and click on the tools and resources link for valuable content. You'll also find a link to subscribe for regular updates to the series. And if you're not a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. These written pieces are an ideal way to stay informed about what's going on in the wealth management space without expending the energy that full-on exploration can require. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached at 908-879-1002 and these days by cell 973-476-8578 or by email at mdiamond 
at diamond-consultants.com. Please note that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. And a special thanks to Advisor Hub for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.